welcome to NOLA Film Scene. I'm Plato. I'm TJ. And you've already heard, our special guest is Stephanie Hodge, comedian and actress so extraordinaire. Excited. So excited. I'm so excited to do this. I'm, thank you for having me on this. I'm really excited. It's, it's a thrill for me to let people know who care. Stephanie and I <laughs> met on Facebook. You know, I reached out uh, and I said, hey, let's be friends. And she was like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> and then I, yeah, but I t- that was hopeful I was yeah. hoping <laughs> hoping that I was a weirdo and yes I- I'm glad I could yeah. deliver I'm not disappointed at all oh yeah <laughs> I tend to be a puppy dog in my enthusiasm about the projects that I'm doing so I would yeah. send Stephanie hey here's a clip from the time I worked background hey here's a clip from this you know hey I'm working on a podcast would you like to join us and she's like yay I can definitely say we, we sparked up a friendship almost immediately. Yes. Um, I will say because I felt you're, like I knew you forever, too. That's strange. But I lovely. think I think Brian can make friends with a fence post person. <laughs> you say that, but that's sure. fucking fence post out there. That's son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he was mean to you. He's just trying to crawl up his ass. Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Did I do that? No, that's a whole nother no. story. <laughs> It wasn't a fence post, but anyway. No, it was camp. What do you want? <laughs> We've all been to camp. <laughs> but it's camp been to you. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, I just tried to keep it myself on track because we're going to go oh, crazy. Oh, I will digress into the next atmosphere, wherever it. it is. Love Anything it. to keep me from talking to TJ. But you know. You went there. I went there. So, well, I'm going to read you something. I was going to hold it off a little bit. And this was an interaction. Uh, If anybody knows me, I was in a Joe Badon film called The Wheel of Heaven. And I played the character of death. But we had a Kickstarter going. And I was reaching out to anybody to help us promote it. Not that you're just anybody, but anybody I knew. How's that? Well, you got to reach out to anybody. Yes, ma'am. And when I say ma'am, I've had people get mad at me from other parts of the country. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm know. Southern. I'm Southern. Better. Southern thing. Yeah, I've had I've had ladies go. I'm not a ma'am yet. I'm like true, but I'll call somebody younger than me, ma'am. You know, it's you know, blah blah blah. I do it. I do it to women too. Cool. Which confuses them. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so. I had reached out to Stephanie. I said, could you share this? She tried and then couldn't do it. So on a Facebook post, I said, oh, by the way, we raised our funding. This was like a month or so after. And you said, yay, I'm so glad. I tried to post what you sent me on Messenger, but couldn't do it. Complained to Facebook, who ignores me unless I post famous nudes by famous artists. Facebook is an asshole, but yay. (laughs) I said... Thanks for trying. You replied with, well, honey, and I mean that in a way I call my people who I really care about. I'm pissed off about it, but I appreciate how kind you are being. You're a good man. I I responded, I understand. And I'm touched by what you said. And when the police ask, I'll point to the doll and show them where you touched me. (laughs) Your response was... I am fucking screaming. My husband said I went from an, oh, that's so sweet face, to utter blank, to hysterical laughing in less than a second. True. And we, we've been friends ever since. Yes, we have. 
And you're amazing. I mean, the work and you, TJ, you're doing it too. All this work that you're doing is so important. It's so important. And I went to college for it. And I went to graduate school for theater and acting and all that. And I didn't finish graduate school. I was one credit short because my master teacher said coming to school, to graduate school for a master's degree is a good thing to do, but you're done. Go be, Mm. go be and do. You don't need to spend the money. You don't need to hang out. Go now. So I did. (laughs) (laughs) One credit, one lousy credit. I should have stayed. (laughs) No, but it's one of those things where you just, you've decided this is what you're going to do and you're doing the work to do it. And I'm really impressed and I I have no right to be proud of anybody but myself and my child because, you know, (laughs) everything she is big because of me. <laughs> She's learned what not to do for me. But I'm really, really proud just to see two people working this hard and doing all the right things and clicking all the right boxes because the day is going to come when you're going to walk into an agent's office and this happened to me and they're going to have a pillow on their sofa that says, dear Lord, send me an actor who can act. And that's not a good vibe to walk into by any stretch. And his office was probably the size of a single wide cut in half and stuffed with antique furniture, beautiful furniture. But I sat down and he looked at me and he said, you don't look like anything. You don't look like anyone. And I can't identify you as a wife, a girlfriend, a mother, a friend. I can't identify you as anything. And I looked at him and said, well, what do you want me to look like? And what do you want me to be? And as soon as I get direction, I have a tendency to do that and be that because I was not impressed by this at all. So he hands me a script, cold read this, doesn't tell me anything. It's a short scene. It's four pages long. I don't know what the title is. I don't know if it's a comedy, a tragedy. I know nothing, nothing except he hates the way I look. We know this. He's not expecting anything positive from this because we know that from the pillow. Mm -hmm. And he's just a little picky because he got a tiny ass office. Now, come on. (laughs) Bitter much? I've had offices in the past and I know the smaller they are, the harder things are going. (laughs) No disrespect to him, but that was my first taste was to cold read something that was a drama that I read as it didn't even let me read it before I read it. Mm. I didn't get to go over it. And these are the tests. These are the tests. And it's like I told a friend of mine as a writer, they just want you to cry as an actress. They just want you to stomp out of the room and feel miserable for the next six months. So you can't let them do that. You can't let them do any of that to you because they're not thinking. All they want is what they want and they can't see or hear anything else unless they don't know what they want, which means you can change their mind. You can make them want you and nobody else. You can actually do that. But it just depends on where their mind is and what they're thinking about. And if their kid vomited in the car on the way to school or not, or if they got laid last night or the wife said no, you know, and it's right. all these things. And you guys know this. You already know all this. So you're way ahead. You are way ahead. I didn't expect anybody to be just plain mean to me, you know, and he was mean to me. Then a couple of years later, he called me and said, you know, I'm interested in you now. And I went, oh, my God, I'm sorry. The Lord sent me an agent who can agent. <laughs> 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 Yay me for being sarcastic and bitchy. Um, he's no I thought it was well said. Yeah, Thank he you. deserved it. Fuck he was mean did. to me. He, he made me feel terrible about myself. You know, your hair is ridiculous. You look ridiculous. No, no, what are you no. trying to do? You have to be a blank canvas. And none of that is true. Clearly, mm-hmm. none of that is true. And you're doing the work and that's what's important. And you're willing to shave the beard for the right thing. <laughs> 
yeah. which is important because no is the most powerful word in the business. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a good point. But I'm just amazed at the work that you're doing. Are you going to do stunt work? Try stunt? <laughs> Take a class? Uh, I've had I... to tap dance on top of a moving trailer. I've yeah. had to use weapons plenty of times. I really enjoy that, though. That's fun. I had to fall down a flight of stairs. Ouch. Oh, wow. I've had to run like hell with someone chasing me. So you need to be physically able to do this stuff. Yeah, I'm getting back into exercise again because I was like 300 pounds. Got down to like 175, sat around the pandemic, worried if this acting thing was gonna, ever going to take off. Didn't put any physical work, and I'm up to about 290 again. So we're, we're back on but that. But here's the thing. That's as long as you can move, you're doing all right. It doesn't matter what size you are. It really does. Right. And all along, they will do this to women all the time. I'm too fat. I'm too fat. I'm too fat. I'm 66 years old. I am five foot three, damn it. <laughs> and that's I am a heels. tower of power. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll take your kneecaps off. <laughs> and the one thing I get told more often than anything, I'm too fat. You're too heavy. You're too mm. heavy. You're too heavy. They're not doing it as much now that I'm older. When yeah. I was younger, I was a zero and told I was too too heavy. Wow, it's crazy. So these the physical images of ourselves that we have and the way that we look and the way the good Lord made us is good. It's fine. It's right. perfect. You just have to be able to use it when it's time to use it. And it was interesting because they tell you beforehand, they were concerned about my ability to run because Lord, let me tell you. <laughs> you ever had one of your knees just look at you and go, fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to run today. And your knee says, oh, hell no. Nope. <laughs> my knee's like, I'm going to lay down here on the sidewalk. You do the best you can without me. <laughs> I went into, I had a role on the Glorious Women of Wrestling, uh, Glow, on Netflix, yeah. which I really enjoyed that show. I was so sad that they they ended it. But the pandemic, and I had gotten a role on that show, and I had to take wrestling training. I trained with actual real-life wrestlers. With uh, Chavo Real-life Ch wrestlers. Chavo Guerrero Jr., huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> None of these guys are still in the ring doing that. Right, right. No, I thought he was a trainer on that show. He was. Yeah, yeah, he was. And he was fun, man. I could pick him up by the time he was done with me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that was two weeks, two weeks. I had two weeks to get ready for that. Wow, and that's all they gave you was two weeks. Mm -hmm. Wow. I will. That's a lot of physicality in two weeks. Well, it's interesting because they would have taken longer had it not been for the pandemic, but it had already started and we already knew about it. So protocols were new, but we didn't, weren't masking. I mean, the only protocol was, do you have a fever? Right. So I caught COVID I, during that process. But um, that's then everything shut down and we ended that show. But to go into wrestling training was the most fun thing I have done next to hanging with Reba. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's amazing how you can, if you just stay in a, in, a, in a modicum of shape, the ability to move, that's all you need to do is move. They have to be fast because they can fake everything. <laughs> they can fake everything. I've known a See few I women who could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> But My that, ribs you are going to be sore. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Let me cause you some pain, my friend. <laughs> but that was, uh, yeah, that shocked me because I hadn't done anything. That was, I hadn't been working out. I hadn't been doing anything. I did yoga, started doing yoga the minute I found out I got it. Mm. So I could go in and train as a wrestler and not hurt myself and not frustrate them, you know, because I don't want to frustrate. You don't want to frustrate that guy. He's the nicest guy. Oh, my yeah. God. Just the best, best man. 
But that was startling to get this audition and to do the audition and then to have this call and say, you have to be dead honest. Is there anything physically wrong with you? Can you fight? You know, I'm 64 years old. Can you fight? I can fight. I can fight. <laughs> yeah. I've taken fighting lessons. I've taken stunt lessons. I've, you know, you do this stuff so that you can do it when the opportunity arises. And if you can't do it when the opportunity arises and they want you, they will teach you how to do it. So when you're there learning, it's not just for that moment. It's not just for that role. It's something you're going to learn and take with you for the rest of your life that you can apply in so many different ways to so many different things. And you guys know that. <laughs> I'm so impressed with you. I've taken a uh, theatrical combat class. How'd you like it? Oh, I loved it. I I'm an old D&D &D nerd, and they put a broadsword in my hand. Oh, my God. Actually, it was a bastard sword. <laughs> it fit more with me. Uh, then rapiers and all that good stuff. Um, what I was thinking about asking you is, how did you get into comedy? Because I love watching back then, and now I can find the clips, but I always loved your comedy. I thank you. I actually quit doing stand-up because I had an experience that created a severe case of PTSD with me. Mm -hmm. So I'm working uh, through that, and I will return to it. i just not ready yet. Gotcha. Bad experience. I gotcha. Thank you. I started doing comedy because my friend Doreen King Nichols in Minneapolis, Minnesota, I had bought into the comedy cabaret with these two guys. And so there were three of us owning it. And it was for stand up and for variety shows and for jugglers and magicians and stuff like that. And we did sketch shows. And my friend Doreen said to me, you're funny. You're so funny. Why don't you go out and try it? I said, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't. Come on. I can't do stand up. I'm an actress. I have to pretend to be somebody else or I'll die. <laughs> she said, I got 50 cents, 50 bucks that says you're just being a pussy. <gasps> what did you call me? Are you, are you think I'm chicken? What? And how much? <laughs> so that very night, I grabbed a pair of really ugly shoes and a baby bonnet that was backstage and I cut the top of the baby bonnet out and I made that Mrs. Jacques Cousteau on her wedding night. Put it on <laughs> the front of my face. <laughs> and I was a prop comic. And the first night I went up, I was a prop comic. And I killed. I literally killed. It was the best night. And then for the next two years, I kind of sucked. Oh. <laughs> I had to find my niche and props wasn't it. Right. <laughs> so but it was a you, struggle after that. Were you always funny before you started? Like, did I mean, did you realize you were funny? I knew that I could use, I knew that I could be funny and I used humor to deflect when I was growing up. I gotcha. You know, because stuff and just grew up in a tiny little town in Southern Ohio with parents. My family's from the South. But my folks moved, were, lived in Kentucky, were from Kentucky, and they moved to Ohio. And it's this tiny little town. And it's just so tiny when I was growing up. If you farted in bed early in the morning when the window was open, by the time you got to school at nine o'clock, your neighbor told everybody that you farted <laughs> when it was, how long it was, what it smelled like, and the timber of the fart. <laughs> you couldn't do anything in that town without getting busted for it. That bitch hit an A-flat this morning. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Moms, when I was in high school, if girls missed their curfew, we had moms taking their daughters to the doctor to check if they were still Wow. <laughs> we got her. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We got her to do it. That's, ladies, 
that happened before we started recording and TJ and I looked at each other and went, oh, if only we were had hit record. So we got it. Yay. I'm not editing it out. That's okay. I trust you. Oh, God. Um, I had people tell me that I, and I, they put me in theater classes in high school because I was so painfully shy. Can you believe that? I nope. was. Nope. I was painful. I had a small group of friends and I would just joke about everything. But then you separate me from those friends and I was just paralyzed. Absolutely paralyzed. I have had anxiety my whole life and having PTSD on top of it is really fun. <laughs> Some things I find myself doing shit that just makes me go, oh, girl, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down and have a drink and quit freaking out, you know. And it's silly, okay. like the wind blows the curtains and I'm like, what? <laughs> no, nope, nothing silly about it, you know. I get scared. Yeah. But yeah, it was just whenever since I was little, I was just always deflecting with humor or trying to get through tr- stressful situations by saying cracking some joke, you know. And then they put me in theater because I was so shy, so painfully shy that I used to get kidney infections because I wouldn't raise my hand to go to the bathroom. Yeah, That's no. sad. <laughs> I, I, I feel for you. I, I didn't have the shyness, but just I don't even know if I want to call that childhood trauma, but just childhood. Childhood is traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. So these people that say they had perfect childhoods and they're just so happy and they're mm. lying. They're hiding something. <laughs> they have amnesia. <laughs> they're hiding something. I had a perfect childhood. Everything was okay. I don't remember a bad thing. <laughs> Here's an example. <laughs> I go to my dad one day and I say, Why does mom hate me so much? Ooh. And he said, She doesn't hate you. She's just going through a really difficult period of time right now in her life. And I said, oh my God, she's going through menopause. <laughs> and what he did, he looked at me and went, no, honey, it's your adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my dad had a great sense of humor. And so did my mother, actually. They were both really funny people. And I could see my mother, who was very opinionated and had absolutely no shyness about her whatsoever. In the face of God, she would tell him if his beard looked good. <laughs> you know, if there was a hair out of place, she'd say, I'm sorry, Holy Father, but come here. That looks ridiculous. Let's use some spit. <laughs> Just nothing shy about her. It was a really bizarre juxtaposition to be the daughter of a person who was so outgoing and known and appreciated and respected and funny. My dad was a college professor and an artist. He's this incredibly talented artist and a very funny man and an intellect. And there I was just feeling like, I don't know, turd on a (laughs) turd in a skillet laying next to a dead pig in the desert. That's pretty much it. (laughs) I was a miserable child. (laughs) I just never I was everywhere. I was all over everything. I couldn't focus on anything. I couldn't decide what I wanted. Yeah. And so when they stuck me in theater, that was the only place I felt comfortable. You find your groove. You find your people. Yeah. That's right. And everybody in there pretty much felt the same way I did. So there was the good camaraderie of soul. Then I wanted, let's talk about tattoos. Do you guys have tattoos? I do not. I'm pristine in my virgin skin. You do. You're my man. Look at that. <laughs> Got me some tattoos. Nice. Now the thing about 
tattoos and actors is you're perfect. You guys are perfect the way you are. You're characters. Nobody's going to have to change the way you look. Nobody's going to have to cover up your tattoos. Somebody might have to draw some on you, though, because you don't have I had a show do that, and it's that stencil. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I got to walk around for a few days with a, a leg tattoo, and I was all badass. Look at this. Did you I, like it? I did. But not enough to get a real one. It's mostly because my mind changes so much. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Well, it took me, I'd say, 30 years to finally decide on what I wanted. And my daughter was very instrumental in getting me to go through with it. But I was concerned. That's why they are where they are. Mm. The eye, this one, this is her eye. My daughter's eye is the Aww. same color. Exactly. Oh, nice. Sweet. It's up high so that I can cover them with sleeves. Yeah. Which is fine. And they're also farther back on back of my arms more than the front or side. So they, they can cover them yeah. and it won't be as noticed. The makeup won't be as noticeable. And I also have the heart, the tribute heart, and the banner is blank for two reasons. One, if you put your loved one's name on your body in a tattoo, you're going to break up. That's just the curse. Yeah. That's, you know, I left it blank because I get tattooed so often to be in shows, get the stencils and stuff. I thought, well, they could just write anybody's old name in there. They wanted to. Yeah. Oh, that's fan that's a fantastic idea. So the very first that. thing I did it was background work and I had the rights to all my tattoos. I went to my tattooist and he signed affidavits. I, I own everything. They didn't care. They wanted it they wanted it changed as a background. I don't know if it's different being principal. I haven't had to change anything, but uh for that that one show they wanted it modified and the makeup artist said, Oh, I love your ink. I don't want to change anything. So in one of the sales, she just darkened like one of the lines <laughs> in one of the sales. She said, OK, your tattoos changed. You're good. That's wonderful. That yeah. <laughs> so the director didn't want it for aesthetic reasons, just they didn't want to deal with the ownership, you know, having to get signatures, even though you had a signature. It was a uh, somebody had gotten sued over a, a tattoo artist sued. A performer. Mike Tyson face went on the hangover. Oh, yeah, I probably so. Probably so. And you after that, after that, they didn't want to take any chances. Now, a, a big name person, they're, they're not going to have to change anything. But I was a background guy. They just didn't want the headache. So they're like, right. you got to change it. Yeah. It's, you know, they change stuff on me a lot. My hair, which I think is kind of interesting because <laughs> I just stopped being that crazy white blonde again. Mm hmm. I was that for a while because that was requested. Let's see what you look like that again. Like you just go in and do it and it's nothing. You know, it's a couple of hundred bucks and six hours in a chair. <laughs> wow. The person asked you. It was long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The person who asked you to change that, was that a mm -hmm. show or your agent? That was a show. So they had to pay you. The, the, mm -hmm. had to, okay. I was worried about Oh, they take care of everything. Yeah. No, they take care of everything. And it was really, my hair was really long and I just had like four inches chopped off of it. Sometimes it's good to mix up how you look because yeah. yeah. people expect you to look a certain way. And the only thing people expect of me is blonde hair for some reason. If I don't have blonde hair, they don't want to even see me. But I'll go in with blonde hair and then they'll say, oh, let's dye it red. Let's make you a brunette. Mm. So I don't understand that process of hair, but I just do whatever the hell they want. I don't care. Yeah. It's just stuff that grows out of my head. I don't understand that process either. <laughs> you don't need hair. I know. God gave you the most perfect skull. Oh, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. And the pronunciation, <laughs> I thank you for saying that. That confused oh, so many people. You. But what's funny to me is I remember you from your comedy. So it's the 80s darker curlier, wavier hair. Yeah. I had real you know curly I mean? black so, hair. Yeah. yeah. So when I see you like this, it's not yeah. shocking. It's who you are, but it's like, 
nope, that's not my Stephanie. Okay, it's my Stephanie. But you know what I mean? I just remember that. I miss that hair. I miss that dark, dark hair. I miss that a lot. Yeah, my yeah. husband misses it. <laughs> <laughs> he says to me the other day, you know, the first time I saw you on set, I'm thinking, look at that tan girl with that black, dark hair and those pretty blue eyes. And I went, but I'm all white now and I have blonde hair. And he went, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> And then he left the room. <laughs> he got out of range, is what he did. As every husband knows, his radar went off. He said, I'm getting the fuck out. <laughs> That's true. I did it again. Oh, jeez. I got her too, TJ. Woo! <laughs> The only way we can get you to snort more if we sold you cocaine. But anyway. I'm allergic to cocaine. That's wonderful. Isn't it? I found that out in the 80s. I never (laughs) never even heard about that allergy, but that's great. Yeah. Hives, vomiting. Oh, wow. Couldn't breathe. You know, anaphylaxis, the whole nine yards. Wow. That was fun. I went to the ER and the guys, the guy said, what have you been doing? And I went, just looked at him and went, I snorted cocaine for the first time in my life. I'm never going to do it again. Please just let me die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like two lines, you know. That's what he I, laughed at me. That's all I want from SAG is two lines. Two lines. <laughs> two lines. Oh, get us back to the humor a little bit. I brought us way down. I had to bring us back up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know what's weird about this business? Hmm. You have to continually reinvent yourself. Do you believe that? Or do you think it's just people going like up and down like a roller coaster with their well, interest in, in other, the interest other people have in you? I think ebbs and flows. As kind of a newcomer to this, I would watch like Tom Hanks would be in a, in a movie as a military person in a little clip. And then the next movie, it's all military. You know what I mean? So how mm-hmm. the public perceives you then affects casting, it seemed like, just watching him. I don't know if it's reinventing yourself again, because I'm just starting. But mm-hmm. is it, <laughs> I'm so new to that. I, I don't want to make a mistake saying it, but what I'm thinking is you have to bring yourself to the rule. At least that's what I'm being told. It has to be you. But at the same time, you have to find out how it's not you and like Plato, shift the clay and right. become something else. So exactly. I, I think without any experience, it's finding new ways to bring a truth out of you that fits into a different character. Yes. Yeah. Because if there's no truth, then yeah. you're, you're just the robot guy. And we, we've seen so many crappy things and people go, oh, that sucks. Whatever level. But when you, when when people on the other side of the camera that we used to be on, civilians, if you will, see <laughs> someone like, uh, you know, the greatest actresses in the world, you know, like you or Meryl Streep, just... <laughs> Like, wait, is that insulting if I don't include? No, but if you say, oh, they're not acting, or you don't think that they're acting, they're the best actors. Yeah. That's right. So, finding. Best thing anybody ever said to me was Rodney Dangerfield. I auditioned for one of those movies he was doing in the 80s. And he says, stop, stop. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what you're doing. I can't tell if you're acting or not. (laughs) I need to be able to tell that you're acting or I get confused. So I just looked at him and said, you know what? I don't want to work with somebody who can't appreciate acting and wants schmacting on demand. Because <laughs> I'm not a schmactress. I'm an actress. Schmack, that's wonderful. Gotta go. And I left. I walked out. Wow. Wow. I got a call from my agent later <laughs> saying, well done. But geez, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good payday. Come on. It would have been. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wasn't going to get it anyway. I got you. Because he kept saying, everything you say, I'd stop. Everything you say sounds real. I'm like, 
looking at the people in the room with him going, doesn't anybody ever talk to this guy? He's, he's got to be open to learning. <laughs> Come on. Wow. No. 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 <laughs> Too many people aren't. Oh, wow. And he said to one of my friends, you've got to start talking about stuff in your act that you know about and the, or that, the experience in your act that you've had. And my friend looked at him and went, every experience I have had, I talk about in my act and every act, experience in my act. I've actually had. And Rodney Dangerfield looks at him and goes, you're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) No offense. No offense. No offense. But yeah, he was something. Rodney. Scared the hell out of me, I'll tell you. That's scary. And I'm auditioning for more straight stuff all the time. My my manager's Bohemia, the Bohemian Entertainment Group that I love and cherish and adore, um, are working with me. I'm in a process of reinvention from being a sitcom chick, the big booby sitcom chick with the white blonde hair, to (laughs) an actress. So it's like all the stuff that I haven't been given a chance to do before. Like put Perry Mason. That was very straight. That was dead straight. I love that show. And that was that was such a beautiful character to play and such a wonderful experience. So they're moving me more into these other types of characters, which is really fun. Really fun. I fortunately, thank you, had not two auditions that I did yesterday. This self-taping thing is so frustrating in one hand, but on another hand, it's really good because you can do it as many times as you feel you need to. Right. But I really prefer having the director in the room, you know, yeah. casting director, somebody in the room. But I'm learning to do it all on my own and to watch me and not want to run screaming from the room and you know, yeah. do it again and improve without feeling bad. <laughs> And find a point where you can let go. Yes. Because you, yeah. can, you can do them all day, every day. Like, this is good. Let me try one more. And that's it. Set the limit. And thank God for my husband, because he's an assistant director for film and television. And we met at work. <laughs> Gosh, go figure. But um, he was he told me what to do, and I really liked him. So <laughs> 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 nobody had ever successfully completed that act before, you know, telling me what to do. And I did it. And so lived. Was, well, <laughs> and lived, Yeah. <laughs> But he's great because he does the filming and he does the lights and he reads the other characters for me where there's a lot of actors out there with nobody to do this with. Yeah. So you have to call somebody up and hire them to do it with you on a computer. Mm. And it's frustrating that way. But I know there are a lot of actors who do other people's auditions for them and film them for them and read with them. And it's a minimal fee. And that's it's great because it. This aspect of it brings the acting community a little closer together in that respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool about it, that part of it. But personally, I just prefer having somebody in the room. I want to see their faces and hear those weird little noises that they make. <laughs> yeah, it's hard say, without that connection. Let's try that again. Yeah. Did it start? Did self taping start for y'all when COVID started or were y'all doing it before then? Yes. No, it was strictly COVID. It was all COVID. Are they going to stay with it? Oh, wow. Uh, It looks that way. It does look that way. The only difference is that now, instead of when you go through your callback, instead of doing it on Skype or FaceTime, they're talking about doing those in person Mm. so they can put you through the paces, which is what they usually do anyway. So, and they can do it on Skype, but it's not as, it's not as effective and it's not as, I don't think it, it, you don't have any connection. You just don't have the connection with people. Right. You don't hear that little chuckle that makes gives you a little more energy. Yeah. Makes you, yeah. You don't have that performance. You do, but you yeah. don't. You do, but you don't. Yeah. So I don't mind him, but I'm not mad at him, but I'm not in love with him. 
Yeah. <laughs> you all don't do those there down there, do you? Self tapes. Yeah, we do self tapes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all we've stepped into since we both basically started auditioning this year. Right. Oh. TJ's a little so ahead of me. Yeah. But I, it, it, because I'm new to it, they were already doing self-taping, so that's what I know. And my callbacks have been virtual. Mine have been through Actors Access, though. Actors Access. Yeah, I use Actors Access, too. For people... My, one of my agents use it. It's good. It works. I was going to say, for people listening, Actors Access is a website. You can pay to join, and then you get your auditions through there. You don't need an agent to do that. So it's a good start. And you, you submit oh, for it, great. and then if they like you, then you get to do... A scene for them just to let people know a little bit inside the thank you for doing that because it's a good it's a great site it's yeah. really good like and more people should know about it right it's, it's like it's essential people oh yeah i love doing background if i could support myself i'd quit all my other jobs until yeah. i moved up into speaking parts uh so people would you know say how oh, you do that oh mycastingfile.com or go to central casting and i'd be like pushed it like a drug you know yeah and now i push improv <laughs> i loved it so much improv is right Great. You guys doing improv is like the best thing. It's so great. You know how horrifying it is. I took improv classes for years and I taught improv and I was in an improv group. And it's amazing how many times I've I've been in an audition or, you know, in a callback. And they've said, well, why don't you just forget the lines and improvise that scene for us? And I think how horrified people must be if they don't know how, you know, if they haven't got the basics of it all now and then yeah right that's a pretty scary moment just throw the script over your shoulder throw it in the floor (laughs) the biggest thing you learn is improv is to not stress just do whatever Mm -hmm. you you learn a a structure as you get more into the craft i can say craft but it's it's removing (laughs) it's removing that block of money okay i've got to say the perfect thing i've got to say the funniest thing and i can't say nothing i can't you know so it, yeah. it's wonderful. I love it. It is. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I was just thinking today, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to me in this business? The number of people who told me I would never make it. I would never uh, one job. I would never do anything at all. Might as well just give it up. Quit being a fool. Go home. If I had listened to any one of them, my life would be miserable. Yeah. So you can't listen to anybody. Don't even listen to me. <laughs> all I know is what I've been through. And that may or may not relate to you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he scared me. <laughs> I don't get that from people in the industry. Mm-hmm. I, I get it from friends and family. <laughs> oh, I got that oh, from wow. your friends and family. And it's it's not but bad. Was, no, go ahead. I can say it's not bad from them, but you making any money yet? Well, then it's a nice hobby. And yeah. since I don't yeah. have the big paychecks, I go okay, all right. You wait till you get the first big paycheck, though. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a whole lot of back. It was Easter. (laughs) It was Easter. (laughs) But yeah, I hate the question. Have you been in anything I would have seen? Uh, That's that's the question. Have you been in anything I would have seen? That's that's what I get. Yeah. You know what's so funny is people ask you that and I always go, probably. (laughs) Well, what have you been in? I don't know. What have you seen? (laughs) Ah, Nice. Well, I can't name everything I've been in. Yeah, I've seen. I'm like, I can't name everything I've been in. So I guess we're just going to have to hang with probably. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Or yeah, I just recite my resume. Well, I started in 1974. <laughs> I got my SAG card when I was 22. I had to go to Chicago and pick it up, though. I was tapped hard lead. Uh, uh. That's the waiver that you sign on your first professional job that allows you to be paid union fees, but not have to be union 
In your right. second job, you got to join. That's the me. SAG eligible. That's right. Yeah. We we kind of struggle with that in Louisiana. It's a right to work state. Oh, that's so, a struggle. Yeah. So background doesn't have to be a union. If you're in New York or L.A., you get three vouchers on three different shows. I don't know if it's a total of nine or whatever it is. Just from working background on a SAG show, you're SAG eligible. Oh. We d- there's not many when it's up and running. SAG auctions around here like that for a background. So once you get Taft Hardly, Hardly, and you get that line <laughs> or two, then you're SAG eligible or in a commercial, you know. A union commercial. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's weird. Nobody ever wants me for commercials. <laughs> I had. Me neither. I got one. I got my first one. They filmed it. We're going to release it in August. Client is. What is it? Well, can you t- say what it is? No. I'll tell you later. Okay. But the, when I was like, oh, when's it coming out? Well, the client is tweaking. We don't know when it's going to come out. Of course, I, I say I hung up the phone. I keep wanting to say that in the story, but I got off the email and then the imposter syndrome hits. They're tweaking. Uh-oh. What are they tweaking? Oh my God. Oh, oh, oh they're going to cut me out. They're going to hire somebody else. They're gonna... <laughs> okay. All right. No, I'm just going to wait and you get yourself. A... Ah, it's like a roller coaster. <laughs> so, it is. Yeah. I'm constantly, I live with imposter syndrome. My imposter's sitting right next to me, right? <laughs> Looking at me going, why are you talking to these people? You don't know anything. What's the matter with you? You never planned a goddamn thing in your life. It's all been luck and stupidity. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. See, what's holding me on, and and a couple of people told me, when I did my audition, they changed the script because they liked what I did in the audition. Wasn't a big thing. That's very cool. Yeah. It's, and that says a lot. That's okay. good. Thank you. And I will hold on to that, even if they decide not to use it. But they, hold it, though, because that's that's huge. That's big. We also took pictures for our billboard. <laughs> I want to see that. It was so funny. Anyway, uh, I'm, okay. I'm okay. That's the coolest thing. You're going to be like eight feet tall. <laughs> Looking down on highways. If <laughs> <laughs> it, It's going to happen. So instead of if, when it comes out, I, if it's not in my town, because they said they tell us where it is, I'm taking a road trip. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be like with the iPhone. You know what's really cool? That's really cool. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> It's me. It's like all the pictures I have of me in Vegas standing under my sign. Thousands. I was only there like four times. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Celebrate my every victory. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. It's funny. People keep asking me, do you have a specific goal for your career? I'm like, length, longevity, paychecks. That's my whole thing. Yeah. Because I never, you know, I never ever, th- I didn't even know if this was going to work. I'm some little smarmy thing, little Quaker girl from some town in Southern Ohio where everybody says pushing bushes and getting up on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) And I just was going to sashay my ass right into Hollywood and be an actress. Should have never happened. (laughs) (laughs) Statistically, should have never happened. You're like a bumblebee. Bumblebee. You shouldn't be flying, but you is. Yes, exactly. And now that you've said Quaker, I'm going to have to write a script and cast you as a Quaker because <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> I don't know I'm if about it. Oh, but you're bald. I'm writing self. a script right now. I'm writing a script right now. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen. Can you tell? Can you can you give any, uh, no, any I hints? I got understood. I, I don't know about hints, but the gentleman sounded like, do you need an actor or two? 
You're going to need a bunch of actors. Yeah, because it's an ensemble cast. Yay. You give me a now, cop. The thing is, it's going to take about three years before anybody probably even pays attention to it because that's on average, you know. We'll be around. But I got real good managers. I got a real good agent. So, and there's no beautiful people in it. Oh, then I'm in. Just, nice. <laughs> just, you know, no, none of those big butt cinched waist, eight pounds of makeup. Do you love my wig, people? None of them. Only actors. <laughs> No celebrities, just actors. Well, I think I need to read it first, but uh, I'll leave. No, I'm just kidding. You should. <laughs> I don't know. You should read it first. If you don't want beautiful people, how the hell am I going to be in it, darling? I want real people. That's what I want. Oh, then real I'm out. Life I'm, out. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's like I say my first uh, line. I could, I'm a janitor. That's my day job. And I really want to quit because I'm tired of dealing with shit. But you know, the first thing I'm going to get cast in that's going to make me SAG eligible is a janitor. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, that ain't how you hold them up. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. You got to deal with shit no matter what job you're in, right? That's, that's true. Right. That that's is right. absolutely true. That's true. Oh. I'm just, you know, it's amazing. I, it's just such a, you're both just perfect. Oh. Look at you. No, you look great. You both look great. You're both marvelous characters. Physicalities are beautiful. Thank you. Love the beards. <laughs> the beard too. <laughs> Do you love my beard? <laughs> I couldn't get it out. <laughs> I just like how you're so serious. <laughs> I'm always serious. <laughs> oh. It's like it, my husband and I were talking last night and he said, what you, you know, just lately, I, I think I've reached that point in life. And I went, we looked at each other and went, where well, you just don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, a, it's such freedom. Because, <laughs> you know, the parents are gone, mine and his, yeah. the holidays, nice. no fussing, no fighting, no carrying on. There's no food you don't want to eat that somebody's going to make you eat. Otherwise, you're just being rude. You know, there's none of that stuff. None. It's just peaceful. It's very peaceful. <laughs> no more negotiating just to get a biscuit tossed at you from across the table. Mm -hmm. You know, the bigger the family. That's the right. bigger the BF. I mean, what? What? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say that? I have a small family. So that's interesting. Uh, we have a little family. Yeah. I got cousins and stuff spread out all over the place, but not a bunch of them anymore. I have cousins. I have good ones. <laughs> I have good cousins. They have lovely names like Puddin oh. and George, and she's the girl. <laughs> Another owner. <hour. laughs> I would say, I got cousins here in Nolan, some up in Maine. I'm half Yankee myself, so. Ah, uh, that's, you know, that's what's so funny is <laughs> my, da my daughter, my sister joined the DAR. I don't know what that is. Daughters of the American Revolution. Oh. Mm. And you have to have had a relative who fought in the revolution to be a member. And we found out. We had brothers fighting brothers mm. in our family. I had no clue. That was interesting. I thought, wow, I wonder what Thanksgiving was like for that year. <laughs> Put your guns at the door, boys. Stop that. I want to talk like you. Me or him? Yeah. Oh, you want some? You, you want, got that? You want Louisiana? Look, got yeah. that a little? Well, and then I, I can only do a little bit, but when you go out in the bayou, you know? Oh, sha. Then we have a little gator. We have a little, we get Bujo Thibodeau. We have a Fedo do. Woo, sha. <laughs> <laughs> So that's. Have you seen the Rougarou? I've dated a Rougarou. That one, they got a swamp ape, which is. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Stinky Bigfoot. <laughs> well, because he's all sweating. He's all, he's wearing his fur coat. He's out there well, in the swamp. It's the humidity. Yeah. yeah. 
we can relate. Our heat shell, heat bubble just broke for a few days. We had some rain and it's kind of creeping up. So we're no longer in the hundreds. We're in the 90s. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. So we've probably got about a month of the 90s. It'll come down late October, how it used to be. But last week in October, you could smell the cold in the... Uh, a lot of people don't understand when I say that. And maybe it's just the stench of New Orleans and being cooked up. <laughs> but you no. feel it. You know, if I had hair, it'd be one of those moments. It'd be blowing. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully not too strong. Your beard long enough. <laughs> like TJ. Look, you've got all that hair, TJ. <laughs> just flapping in the wind. <laughs> I have things that flap in the you wind. You want a motorcycle. TJ on. <laughs> <laughs> I have things that flap in the wind, but we really shouldn't discuss those in public. <laughs> <laughs> we made her lose an earbud. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, you know, I get mental images and I carry those images to my grave. So <laughs> just be cautious. You're welcome. <laughs> You're, thank you. See, I'm picturing TJ on a motorcycle with that big wind blowing, yep. hair flying, beard to one side, dancing in the breeze <laughs> is it, on a calendar. Hey, is it? Is, why don't I was say, why don't they do character after calendars and send them to every agent you know? Yes, I was wondering if TJ's beard would split down the middle though. Oh, it might. <laughs> I had to, so I actually had to wear a, a balaclava when I rode because it would it would flap and hit my glasses and. <laughs> The the beard balm would like coat my glasses with oil and I couldn't see. And it's so I'm told dangerous to ride a motorcycle when you can't see. It's three. That's my advertising. It's a three short episode. She's holding her nose. Oh my god, I just got images. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Oh, my God. I just got images. <laughs> you know what a horrible thing I did? And I'm going to put this in a script somewhere. Okay. My husband's Jewish, not practicing. Mm. He says he says it down. <laughs> we were visiting my family in Ohio. And uh, my they picked us up at the airport. And directly halfway between the airport and my mom and daddy's house was a Cracker Barrel. So we would always stop at Cracker Barrel for a chicken fried steak so I could start the holiday off in the proper mood. (laughs) 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 And Lance walked in there and sat down with me. That's his name, Lance. My mother leans over to Lance and she says, do you eat this kind of food, honey? (laughs) And she says, (laughs) (laughs) he said, could you ask her if they have any fresh baby in the back? (laughs) 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 <laughs> and she goes Mama goes Baby what? <laughs> I get to the farm All the villagers are going What does he eat? I'm like babies He's just, My uncle says Get in the truck I'm going to take you out to the, to the back acreage Because it's 800 acres And as he's leaving My dad goes Don't take him to the onion field <laughs> Then he turns around and he goes, your uncle's going to take him to the onion field. They're not coming back. Lance is not coming back. <laughs> I'm like, stop. Because everybody's asking him, what do you eat? What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? And it was a sad moment for me to realize that my family had never met a Jewish person before in their entire lives. At least they didn't go, well, do you miss your foreskin? <laughs> <laughs> if they'd known, they would have asked. <laughs> 
<sighs> TJ's just shaking his head. Four snorts and a shook head. All right. <laughs> I know that was kind of religion, but not really. No, no, no. We're good. It was family story. Yeah. That's all, that's all good. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. This has been great.